Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Akuo. We are continuing this series this week, which we are calling Build on Belief. And what we're doing in this series is figuring out what to do with our life once we have started to believe in Jesus. What we're trying to figure out is what to do next. We're trying to figure out what it looks like to build on our belief. Now, before we go any further in this message, let's just take a moment to stop and pray. So, Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for the time that you've given to us uh, to dive into what you have done here on this earth through the, the apostles. Lord, we, we pray that as we get into to your word that you would just show us what you want us to do, show us what you want us to say. And, and, and Lord, today we, we also pray a special blessing for all the dads that are out there, that you would just be loving them and protecting them and, and helping them raise the, the kids that are here in the best way possible. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Now, as I was preparing for this message, I started thinking about random things that pop into my head throughout the day. Uh, So sometimes it'll be like things that need to get done, right? Like, so while putting this message together, a random thing that occurred to me was that I needed to change out my air conditioning filters, you know, like the those things and it's got like a layer of, of gray on it just nasty dust and and, and that's because I, I realized I was like okay cool let me go check on them then I realized they were all out we're, we're all out so uh, it's all like on my list of, of stuff that we need to get done or I started thinking about how I need to get the recycling bin from out of the alley and bring it to the side of the house because I was going to like put a soda can in the trash and it was full so I was like dang it we you know I need to go get that Then another random thought was like how the newest Ninja Turtles video game Shredder's Revenge dropped this week. And it's something that like I'm I'm looking into getting at some point. (laughs) So as you can see, these are very, very random thoughts that hit me while I'm like trying to write or do something or or just going throughout the day. But sometimes it's a person. Sometimes a a person just hits me. I'm like, I wonder what so-and-so is doing right now or like this this image of someone will pop in my head. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that bro is doing, or I wonder what that lady's up to. And, and when that happens with people popping into my head, I normally try to do two things. I pray for them, and then I'll reach out to them. Sometimes when I reach out, it's just to let them know that I'm praying for them. Other times, it's a check-in. I'll be like, hey, man, you good? Everything okay? And it'll just kind of be that. Now, the point of all this is that God wants us to be praying for people. God wants us to be speaking truth to people. And of course, it's great for you to be praying for your friends and family and the the people you see on a regular basis. You you should be praying for those people. But sometimes, God might call you to pray for someone or something outside of what is normally right in front of you. Has any of this ever happened to you? Have you ever gotten a, a text or a phone call from someone just letting you know that they're praying for you? Or just a text going like, hey man, you good? Or have you been on the opposite side of it? Have you found yourself praying for someone like that? Praying that for, for someone that just popped into your head? Maybe you, you never had that happen to you on, on either side. Well, if you never felt like anyone was praying for you and you're listening to this right now, I want you to know that I pray for you regularly every single week. And I know Abel and Alyssa pray for you regularly every single week. So there's at least three people that are praying for you right now. But if you've been on the the giving or receiving end of these prayers, I'm sure 
you have seen or felt how this changes things. Maybe it didn't supernaturally fix what was going on in your life, but just knowing that someone else was thinking about you and caring about you and what you were going through might be enough to make a difference for you just to kind of get through your day, get through your week, get through this month. Well, today we're going to see just that, this idea as we study through the account of the early church as recorded by the disciple and historian Luke. So if you're interested in following along with us today, we will be reading through Acts chapter 12 and chapter 13. Now, to give you some context of where we're at, today we'll be reading about the Apostle Peter first and what he was up to. Last time we saw him, he was doing his best to convince the believers in Jerusalem that non-Jewish people known as Gentiles were given the same access to God and the Holy Spirit that they were, and that they were given that all by simply believing in Jesus. With that, the moment of Jesus, the start of Christianity, it got going. It got moving fast. More and more people were coming to believe in Jesus there in Jerusalem through hearing people like Peter and the rest of the apostles speak about their faith and speak about who Jesus was and what he continued to do there in Jerusalem. As the numbers continued to grow, well, people's anger toward these believers in Jesus also grew. The Jewish leaders weren't happy about this movement, but they had an advocate. Remember, we talked about what can happen when we have an advocate and how that advocate can like help push you to higher levels. Well, the Jewish leaders that hated the Jesus followers got one with nearly unlimited power in their area, King Herod Agrippa. He was the Roman ruler over Jerusalem. However, he was a little different. He was a Roman, a grandson of Herod the Great, someone that Jesus was brought in front of during his trial, had a conversation with him and basically schooled him what he was doing. However, this Herod was a zealous Jewish believer. He did things in such a pro-Jewish way in his area that the Romans of Alexandria had anti-Jewish riots out of spite. With that being said, Herod was always looking to keep his popularity high with the people he thought highly of the Jewish people, especially those chief priests in the temple. So he would regularly do things to maintain that popularity. Let's see how Luke records Herod currying favor. There he writes, About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. So Herod is winning favor with the temple by persecuting the Jesus followers. What Herod did was kill one of the lesser leaders of the movement, James. But he didn't just have him stoned, he made it more personal. He had James killed with a sword to make an example out of him. Then once Herod saw how popular of a decision it was, well, he just needed to kick it up a notch, right? He went after the main leader of the movement, Peter. Because if killing one of the lower guys was popular with the temple, then think about what they would do when they killed the leader of that movement. So Herod gets Peter arrested with thoughts of sentencing him to death as well. So let's take a look at what happens next. Here's what Luke wrote. Then Herod imprisoned Peter, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, 
the church prayed very earnestly for him. So this is Herod learning from past mistakes. Remember, Peter was in prison once before, and he broke out. (laughs) So Herod wasn't taking any chances this time. There are four squads of soldiers there to make sure Peter won't escape. That means there are multiple people outside of his cell and multiple people inside the cell with him. Not only that, some theologians believe that at least one, maybe even two soldiers would have been literally chained to Peter as well. Since the, they were squads, that also meant that they would be changing out throughout the day, throughout the night, to make sure that there was always fresh guards ready to make sure that Peter was staying there. All this to say, Peter was secured about as well as they possibly could secure him. But there was one small note at the end there. While Peter was in prison, the church prayed earnestly for him. And I'm sure that, that Peter was someone that they knew and cared about, but he was also someone that the Holy Spirit was prompting them to pray for earnestly. And when you look at the Greek word earnestly, which was the original language that uh, is translated into English, it's translated from ektenos. And it's what's called a word picture. And it describes how a rope is pulled tight without slack. The idea is that it is being used to its full capacity. So the church is praying for Peter with tightly, right? Fervently, with full capacity, pulled as tightly as they can be pulled without stopping or giving. All that to say, they were like praying for real, for real, right? Well, let's take a look at how this plays out. Here's what Luke wrote. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up! And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell, following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door, in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be an angel. It must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. So in conjunction with the prayers of the church, God sent an angel down to let Peter out of his prison and he was able to share the story with all the people that were praying for him. Now, here is how this connects to us. You see, sometimes we find ourselves 
in a prison, in captivity. Sometimes we are in a place where we feel like we can't escape. We are chained down and bound to something that we don't want to be bound to in a place that we don't want to be at, maybe bound to people that we don't want to be bound to. But there was a way out for Peter, and there can be a way out for us. And it can start with something as simple as someone praying for For us, we need to recognize the people that might be praying for us right now. When we find ourselves in these prisons, prisons that we have probably let ourselves into on our own, when we find ourselves there, we have to look around to see who might be for us, who might be trying to help us. They could be the start of the way we find ourselves out of there. Now, the next thing that we need to do is pay attention when something hits us. I mean, think about it. Peter is asleep in the prison, chained up there, and there is a bright light. Then an angel strikes him in his sleep. It doesn't say that the angel wakes him up with soothing chimes and a cool breeze. No! Luke writes that an angel turns on the lights in his room and then strikes him on the side. It wasn't subtle, and it was not painless. Y'all, when we find ourselves in these times of captivity and frustration, there will be something that turns the light on for us and smacks us around a little bit. When this happens, the way that we can tell it's God turning on the lights and smacking us a little bit and not something trying to further oppress us is that we aren't really harmed. All this is doing is showing us where we are. It's convicting us. It's making us see the prison we're in. So when we're in these seasons, we have to open our eyes and, we, and see where we are and then actually pay attention to why we are getting smacked. From there, God will give us the way out. Notice this isn't God will miraculously teleport us out of there. No, Peter had to stand up, walk, get dressed, get ready, walk through multiple gates and and buy all kinds of distractions and and all kinds of of obstacles to get out. And the same will go for us. We got to walk through the path out that God is giving to us. And sometimes it will start with a group of people praying for you. It can also be just one person that makes a difference for you. Which brings us to what we see in Acts chapter 13. We start to look at what is going on with Saul, who is now being called Paul. Remember, Saul was was somebody who persecuted Christians until Jesus showed up and changed his life, literally. So Paul has been commissioned to go out and start spreading the news of Jesus with the rest of the world. Paul is going out on his trip with his friend and advocate that we talked about last week, Barnabas. And here we are going to see how oppression of a group of people is dealt with there. Let's see how Luke records it. There he writes, Afterward, they traveled from town to town across the entire island until they reached Paphos, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, a false prophet named Bar-Jesus, which means son of Jesus. He had attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. 
So here we see this city on this island being influenced by a sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, which literally means son of Jesus. He's spreading something that isn't right and true to the people of that area. And Bar-Jesus is actually doing his best to keep this group of people imprisoned in something that God doesn't want for them. Bar-Jesus is doing everything he can to make sure that the governor of that area and others aren't going to believe in the actual Jesus. This is legit spiritual warfare happening right there. So this is where Paul steps in. This is where one man makes a difference. Here's what Luke writes. Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit and he looked the sorcerer in the eye. Then he said, you son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud and enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. For the governor, and I would imagine eventually the people of Paphos, they were now able to see the power of the Holy Spirit at work. They were able to understand what is possible once they start to believe in Jesus. And it only took those two dudes showing up. And only one of them speaking in the power of the Holy Spirit to change everything. Akua, in our lives, we need this as well. In the same way that the people of Paphos needed Paul to speak against bar Jesus and speak truth instead of the lies that he was speaking to them, we need the same from people around us. We might not be in a real prison that we have walked ourselves into. We might find ourselves in the middle of spiritual warfare where our enemy, the devil, is doing everything he can to push us away from truths in our lives. For me, it's pretty regular that I find myself in these situations. And it's normally the same thing. I always hear the same stuff. I always hear that I'm not good enough. That someday I'm gonna find out that, you know, y'all are gonna find out that there's somebody better. There's another better church and I'm gonna be left alone. I hear that I'm never gonna be good enough for the calling that God has given me. But then I have people speak truth into my life. Or God sends someone to help confirm what it is that I'm doing here. He does it in the exact moments that I needed to. This week, while I found myself frustrated and angry, trying to figure out the right things that needed to be said in this message, and doubting everything that God has called me to do, a song came on. It's called 17 by Chris Renzema. The song is about this person that is constantly falling short and feels like he isn't good enough. And at the end, he hears God speaking to him. God tells him, child, stop listening to yourself so much. I've made you more than worthy of my love. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that's enough. So in the middle of this frustration and disappointment in myself, this song hits me. And I may or may not be like bawling my eyes out in that moment, who knows? But in the middle of all this, I also get a text message from someone in our Akuo community. They are asking me 
how they can pray for me. They are asking me how they can pray for my family. They're asking me how they can pray for Akuo. Now, I'm normally the one being asked, like, hey, can you be, honey, can you be praying for me about this? Or how, how do I go in this direction? Can you help me lead for that? Uh, but here, I'm being prayed for. In this moment of anger and frustration and beating myself up, I felt like I was worthy of love, like I was going down the right path. Here was God encouraging me. He was showing me that there are people here to cool praying for me, that there might be something to this purpose he's called me to. So Akua, I want to encourage you to do the same thing this week. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to people this week. Don't blow off the random thought of someone that, that pops into your head. Lean into it. Pray for them and then send them a message. Send them a message like letting them know that you are praying for them. And by doing that, you could be helping them see the path that God has laid out for them, the path out of that prison. When you reach out to them, speak the truth over them. Let them know that they are loved. Let them know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's enough. Because they could be in a prison right now. They could be chained to something that is spiritually attacking them right now. And you could be holding the keys to help them get out. You could speak words over them that could set them free. So I want to encourage you to talk to God about that this week. Ask Jesus to prompt you through the Holy Spirit to reach out to someone that might need that prayer and that truth in their life. Now, the other side of that is that maybe you need to be receiving these things. Y'all, we need to be able to allow God to turn the lights on in our lives and smack us, right? To let us know that we are in a prison. Then we need to be humble enough to receive the prayers and truth from someone that isn't in the cell with us. We need to be able to get up and walk out of that place that we have put ourselves in and use the encouragement we are being given by our community to help fuel us. Now, I understand that can be hard for some of us. I mean, you might not even know what it is that is holding you back. You just know that something's wrong. If that's you, that's okay. That happens. I, and, and what I want to do right now is I want to help you out. And really, I want to help everybody out. I want to take a few minutes to be silent and listen to God. I want you to have the chance to allow him to turn the lights on for you. I want you to have the chance to let him poke you, to let him strike you a little bit, to wake you up from your prison that you might be in right now. So we're going to put three minutes up on the clock right now. And during that time, I want you to ask God to show you what is going on. I want you to ask God what it is that you're imprisoned by. Your time starts now.
So God, thank you for showing us the prison that we might be in. I ask that you would show us the way out. Jesus, I ask that you would show us the people that are going to help us along the way. Jesus, I ask that you would show us the truth, that we are loved and we are enough. Thank you for everything, Jesus. Amen. Now, if there's something that came up for you during that time, and you, it, like, you, you need to share it, you need to talk with somebody about it, please send us a message on our DM and, and I will personally contact you and, and be praying with you about it. Or you can email me at humby.sedveta at akuo.church and I will get with you about it uh, in that way. I'm more than happy to be one of your encouragers and truth speakers. And for, for some of y'all listening right now, you, you might not know what the truth is. You might not know the gospel. Well, this is the real gospel and I don't want you to settle for anything less than this. Jesus, God in human form, the Son of God, came down to earth. He was human just like you and me. He was tempted. He felt the same frustration and despair in the world that we all have. However, he lived a life completely without sin. He's the one person that lived a life worthy of hanging out in heaven for all of eternity. But here's what happened. Jesus laid his life down to become the perfect sacrifice for us, for all the ways that we have sinned, for all the ways that we have fallen short of God. He experienced torture up on that cross and gave away his life for all of us so we could experience his grace, his forgiveness. And all we have to do to access the grace is listen to the message that he left behind for his disciples and eventually us. All we have to do is simply believe that Jesus did all that for us to receive that grace by. By receiving that grace, our identity changes. We are turned into God's masterpiece. We then become worthy. We are enough. That's the long version. Here's the short one. Jesus died for us, and when we believe that, our life and our eternity changes. So if you want that, all you have to do is believe. That's it. Now, right now, I'd like to help you. If it's something that you're doing right now, I'd like to help you confirm that belief in Jesus with a simple conversation that you will have for him, which we would call prayer. So if you want to do that, I can help lead you in that conversation. And to help you out in this moment, I'm going to ask our entire Akuo community to be praying along with you, earnestly, pulled tight with their full abilities. Because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community with you to pray alongside you. So just pray something like this with me, uh, just between you and Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this today. Before we uh, get out of here, there are a few things I would like to share with you. So a couple of important things. First off, uh, coming up on July the 8th, we will be celebrating our two-year anniversary by having a potluck dinner at 6.30 p.m. at Jefferson Community Church. They have this great hall set up there. We'll be able to go inside and do that. I had originally planned for this to happen in our pavilion, but I had a number of people remind me just how hot it would be on that day, on at that time, 
out in the pavilion. So we're pivoting, right? We're, we're going to do something better. Uh, we will talk about it some more in the coming days. But for now, just be ready for our potluck dinner happening on July the 8th at 6.30 p.m. at Jefferson Community Church, not very far from here. And the next thing I want to talk to you about is a great learning opportunity. One of the folks from our community is fired up about reading the New Testament in the original language it was translated to English from Greek. So he has offered his services to lead anyone here in the community to learn how to read Greek. Now, normally these, these classes, these courses cost money and, and all kinds of stuff. There are materials included with it, but the church will be paying for that. So if you're interested in learning how to read Greek, you don't have any excuses. You got someone that's gonna teach you and it's gonna be for free. Now to be a part of this, please send us a message and we will get you connected with the leader of this group. Or you can go to our community groups page and get signed up for it there. Now the next thing I do want to talk to you about are all the ways that we can be sacrificially generous here at Cool. Now I don't care how you are doing it or if, what, how it goes down. I just want you to be listening to God. I want you to talk to God during this time. Ask him uh, what level you, he wants you to be sacrificially generous and then just follow it. Now, if you aren't sure where to start or you're not necessarily hearing from God in this, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Akuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which just means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be the place that you start at. Now, sacrificial giving might not be a possibility for you right now. And, and I get that, right? The inflation's going crazy. Um, you know, everything costs way more. Gas is going nuts. We understand. If things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you out. We want to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send us an email at help at akuo.church. Or you can call or text the church at 210 901 8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. When you get to the site, to be generous, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. If you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. To do that, all you have to do is mail it to Akuo at PO box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love you and appreciate you, and we will be praying for you all week long. Know that there's at least three people that are praying for you this week. So just receive that. Now, before we go, I do want to pray over you one last time. So Jesus, uh, as we leave here, I pray that everybody that hears my voice would be able to know you a little better this week. I pray that they'd be able to hear your voice a little better this week. I pray that they would be able to reach out to that person that they need to reach out to. I pray that they would be able to pray for the person that they're supposed to be praying for this week. And Jesus, I just ask that you would help them receive those prayers from somebody else. I pray that you would show them how much they are loved. I pray that you would show them how worthy they are. 
I just pray that you would just show them yourself this week, Lord. Thank you for everything, and we love you. And we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you this week. We will see you next time. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.